and the psychic feels that most of the activity happens in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, it does. No. <laughs> Welcome to Franchise Frights Podcast. Hi, Mandy. Hello, Cam. How are you? I am great. Uh, so our podcast is officially out now as we record this. It is. And it's actually getting listens. I know, it's crazy. So I think people love me. Well, I don't know about you. Oh. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's Jet. It's probably Jet. What, what's been happening in your world? I just got back from Oregon. What did you get to do there? I got to take my nephews trick-or-treating into a pumpkin patch. You got to do all the fun fall things with mm-hmm. the little ones. Yeah. So thank you to my brother and sister-in-law for letting me steal their little monsters for a little bit. It looked like you guys had a lot of fun. Yeah. You had to stay home. I did have to stay home, but I got to hand out candy to the trick-or-treaters. You did. In uh, 35 degrees with a <laughs> uh, 20-mile-per-hour northwest wind. Yeah. It was a lovely day. Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. But we had a lot of trick-or-treaters. Yeah. You I- went through almost all our candy. Yeah. And the uh, adults really appreciated the fireball that I'm night. sure they did. It was cold. So, yeah. I'd say it was successful. That's good. Let's see, what else? Oh, uh, we are running our contest. Oh, yeah. So uh, if you share our... Con- our bleh, bleh. If I'm you going sh- to edit that. But that's probably a good idea. <laughs> if you uh, share our podcast with people on your friends list, on whatever social app you choose, and take a screenshot of it, uh, DM us with your screenshot, we are going to draw on Facebook Live on December 3rd, and the winner will get one of my old horror DVDs and some uh, notes that we have actually used to record the podcast. That's so exciting. I know. People should be really excited. Are we going to autograph it? Uh, Of course. (laughs) I don't have like a fancy rich people autograph. I don't either. You can't read my autograph. That's all right. We'll make it work. It's K-Squiggle, S-Squiggle. Mm-hmm. Do you have any horror movie news? We watched The Nun 2. We did. That was... Wow. (sighs) There was a a werewolf goat? No, it was a goat. A were-goat. 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 Were-goat, yes. And, um... I don't... Possessed Frenchie. I'm very upset that we have to watch it again at some point. Yeah. Because Um, once was too much. You know, I think this... might end up being our lowest rated Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) because it's not as good as the first one no and we gave the first one what a two i think a three a three yeah well i think we were being generous (laughs) (laughs) um i have some exciting horror news are you ready i'm so ready there's a movie being shopped around right now called zombie plane starring chuck norris 
and Vanilla Ice as themselves. No, thank you. Vanilla Ice is Chuck Norris's apprentice, who Chuck Norris has trained to defeat <laughs> zombies. No, thank you. Well, uh, Chuck Norris is like 90, isn't he? I bet he can still kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> and Vanilla Ice? Ya- vanilla Ice? <laughs> vanilla Ice isn't He's young no spring either. Chicken. Yeah. I- I'm excited for it. Um. You can probably watch that one by yourself. Oh, Nolan will watch it with me. Yeah. So, should we just jump into the movie? I guess. I don't have any more news. All right. So, today, we are reviewing for your ear holes, Paranormal Activity. From 2007. Yes. And it's rated R. R. Would you like to give some facts and figures? Sure. It was written, directed, produced, photographed, and edited by Oren... Pelly? I don't know how to say his last name. Um, I think it's Orin Pelly. Orin Pelly? Yeah, I think. That sounds good. It's a different name I've never heard of. It is. <laughs> um, it's starring Katie Featherstone, Mika Sloat, Mark Fredericks, Amber Armstrong, and Ashley Palmer. The production company was Bloom House Productions. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures. Its release date is kind of weird. Yeah. That's kind of open to interpretation. <laughs> so it was released originally on October 14th, 2007 at Screamfest. But then it wasn't released nationwide until September 25th, 2009. Yeah, that's confusing. Yeah. Well, I think what happened was that, like it was a festival and they showed it at a festival and then... Then it got picked up. Then it got up picked up and, and then they were like, change the ending and fuck it all up yeah and then we'll release it (laughs) anyway the runtime is 86 minutes this is crazy their their budget they only spent fifteen thousand dollars on production that's insane in 215,000 post-production that's absolutely (laughs) nuts it's crazy that's no money yeah you can't even buy a car for that no and it pulled in $194 million at the box office. Yeah. Like on a $15,000 <laughs> production budget. Yeah. That's mind boggling. Yeah. Um, so it had a 6.3 on IMDb. I only have, I guess, the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I have an 83%. Uh, yeah. And a 57% audience score. Really? That's a pretty big gap. Yeah. And I would have figured that audiences would have liked this more, but people don't like found footage. Yeah. I think everybody's like, oh, it's just a cheap gimmick. But this was one of the, I mean, I don't want to say it was one of the first, but it was definitely original for it at the time. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember seeing the the trailers for it, and I was like, whoa, this is kind of like a Blair Witch type deal. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited for it. Yeah. Because I, I like noted that um, YouTube and streaming videos were just getting popular at that time, mm-hmm. and so like it felt like something you could actually have seen online. Yeah, it it felt like uh, something that someone would have posted, and me and my asshole friends would have been sitting there. Oh, it's so fake. Yeah, <laughs> but have it be real. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any critics? Peter Travers from Rolling Stone magazine. I love him. I know. He's like my favorite. 
said, quote, over a period of about three weeks in the film, the tension builds and builds and builds until the dread ties your stomach in knots. No need to say more. If ghost stories have your number, this one will get you good. Proving you don't need stars and computer mashups to make audiences shriek at things that go bump in the night. End quote. I like that review very much. I did too. That seems very on the nose. Because it, it, it is a building movie. Yes. And uh, it, it's one of those movies, too, that you just, you feel it after you're done watching it. Mm-hmm. It just sticks in the back of your mind. Yeah. Like, oh, man, remember that part? And, oh, no, and then that next part? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like building blocks. Yeah. I have down the Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus said using its low budget effects and documentary method to great result, Paranormal Activity turns a simple haunted house story into 90 minutes of relentless suspense. Ooh. I wouldn't say it's relentless I suspense. I wouldn't either. But the suspenseful scenes are definitely suspenseful. Yeah. Peter Hartlob? Sounds good to me. From the San Francisco <laughs> Chronicle said, um, it turns out a really cheap film and a film goer, film goer with a good imagination is more than enough scary and entertaining night at the movies. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I have, do you have Roger Ebert? Yeah, but you can go ahead. Okay. Uh, it illustrates one of my favorite points, that silence and waiting can be more entertaining than frantic, fast-cutting, and berserk effects. For extended periods here, nothing at all is happening, and believe me, you won't be bored. That's the quote I picked, too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? And it was a long review. Yeah. It's weird that we both picked the same section. Yes. Uh, do you have any others? Um, I don't think so. You want to get to the plot? Uh, I have oh. a couple more. Oh, you're so fancy. I really liked the reviews on this. <laughs> uh, David Stratton of At The Movies said, It was extremely enthralling. Very obvious. Very cliched. We've seen it all before. But we hadn't. No. <laughs> and that's why I put that one in there. I was like, what are you talking about? I mean... Like, this was pretty innovative as yeah. far as a haunted house movie goes. Oh, definitely. Um, and Mark Savlov from the Austin Chronicle said, An excruciatingly tedious YouTube gag cleverly marketed to go viral. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, but still <laughs> eat a bag of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can tell how I feel about this movie. You like it. I, I like it a lot. It's a good one. So, initial impressions? Um... That's on my last page. I gotta go back. That's, um, that's lost, not paranormal activity. <laughs> I just put that um, these movies freak me out. Yes. And it's, it's nothing happens. No. It's just the anticipation of something going to happen. <laughs> as soon as it pops up on the screen, like night number whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, they're going so to bed. Something's going to happen. And sometimes it's just like the door moves a little bit. Yeah. And then I also I put that at the time it felt like something very real. Like it felt like it could have been on YouTube or something similar and be an actual video. Yes. Like it felt real. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like the actors did a really good job of making it feel real. Yes. I thought it was very impressive. Yeah. Uh, I said... I remember seeing the trailer for this movie on IMDb a couple of weeks before its release, 
And I'd also seen the Demand It In Your Theater TV spot. Do you remember those? Yes. And I was instantly intrigued. It didn't come to our theater, so I didn't get a chance to see it in the way that I wish I could have. Uh, But I did rent it the first day that it was available on DVD, and I watched it twice that night. And I was by myself in the basement. Uh, I got off work at 10 o'clock that night. And so I'm just sitting downstairs (laughs) watching it by myself. Well, I wasn't by myself. I had our beagle. Well, yeah. And uh, I'd say probably 35 minutes into the movie, I pulled my legs up on the couch (laughs) because I was worried something (laughs) was going to grab me from beneath the couch. Yeah. And then I grabbed the dog and put her on my lap. Oh. So, yeah, I I was spooked. And then uh, I started spreading the word like immediately after that. I was telling everybody, I'm like, you have to see paranormal activity. (laughs) And as far as low budget horror goes, I think this is just like a perfect example of what people can do when they just want to make a movie. Yeah. You don't need a huge budget. You don't need established actors. You don't need a ton of effects. You just need a brain and a will. And a camera. Yeah. They pulled it off. And it's all done with like a steady cam. Like. Is that what that's called? Where it's like... No, not a steady cam, just a handheld. But like most of the night stuff is on a steady cam. Oh, it's just a tripod. Oh, okay. What's a steady cam then? A uh, steady cam is the thing that the cameramen like wear a harness kind of around their waist. Oh, okay. And then they can walk with the camera without it like bouncing around. And gotcha. I don't know these industry terms. That was what they used on uh, Halloween. Okay. Uh, yeah, so who's doing plot rundown, you or me? You can go ahead. Okay. Because, like, we're far behind. Like, we haven't recorded for two, two weeks? weeks. Two and a half, maybe? <laughs> so my I don't my notes aren't fresh in my mind. Ooh, beer. And you're probably, um, I mean, I've seen this m- movie probably ten times, but I'm sure you've seen it a hundred times. Yeah, it's probably closing in on that. <laughs> All right, so plot rundown. It opens with the Paramount Pictures would like to thank the families of Mika Sloat and Katie Featherston and the San Diego Police Department. And we see someone walking around a house with a home video camera, and it just looks kind of like your standard tracked home. Nothing special about it. It's nice, but like upper middle class average. Yeah, it looks like it's probably a condo. Yeah, or like a townhome yeah. or... The cameraman looks at himself in the mirror. He's not a bad-looking guy. Uh, even in the first scene that we see him, though, you can tell he's a little on the bro side. Yeah. He's... Oh, I said he was on the bro side of the douche spectrum. Oh. I put that he's normal people good-looking. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. They both are. Like, they're normal people good-looking. Oh, but Katie's so very normal people good-looking. <laughs> uh, so a car pulls up outside, and the cameraman goes to greet... A very hot woman in a Miata. I was going to say, you just said a car pulls up, up outside. Like, it w- it's not a car. What is it? It's a Miata. It's a Mazda Miata. Yeah. Like, your dream car. And uh, she tells him that his camera is giant ass. Uh, they discuss the camera a little bit more, and she asks if he thinks that this will work. Uh, he says the phenomenon is occurring or not occurring. Oh, wait, nope. Cam, edit that out. <laughs> Uh, He says that it'll work well for capturing whatever paranormal phenomenon is occurring or not occurring. She asks how much he paid for the camera, and he says, about half as much as I made today. Because he's so rich that they're living in a townhome. Yes. 
So he films her walking up the stairs with a focus on her bum. And then he makes dinner with the camera looking on and explains what he is going to be filming. So we get the exposition right here. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, uh, when any weird shit goes on, we'll be in a perfect position to capture it for posterity. Then he says once they capture it on camera, they can figure out what they're dealing with and react appropriately. Then he mimics slitting someone's throat with the knife that he's using to make dinner. Um, I I had a lot of thoughts about this scene. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First of all, that's like the only time that they add in a sound effect in the entire movie. Yeah, there's a shink. There's a a knife noise. Yeah. He has the knife facing the wrong way. Well, he didn't want to cut himself. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it just makes him seem really unstable. It does. And the way he looks back at the camera there, you're like, oh, okay, buddy. Yeah. Um, I also have a problem with, you think you're being haunted and your solution is to slit a ghost's throat? Well, yeah. What else is he going to do? That's what he's implying. So, yeah, like, tell me how that one works out for you there, bud. Yeah. Uh, But I noted that, like, I even went back and rewatched it to make sure he wasn't making the knife noise because I thought it was so weird. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, maybe he's making it and I just didn't see it. Like, he just kind of went, shink. Yeah. But no, it's it's an add-in. Yeah. Kind of an odd choice. Yeah. Uh, so he's thinking that it might be one of the neighbor kids who's trying to peep on the lady of the house. And she says, unless that kid's been following me around since I was eight years old, I don't think that's the thing. So we've established this has been going on for a while. A long while. She's probably, what, 22, 23? Yeah. So I'd fi- say mid-20s. 15 years of this? Uh, So he goes to check on the camera instead of conversing with his very attractive girlfriend. (laughs) Then he explains that they're going to have it in the bedroom all night. Now she's holding the camera and she tells him he's cute. And I actually get the impression that they're a good fit for each other. Yeah. You feel the love between them. Yeah. And I I like that they establish that without being cheesy about Mm it. Like, I, I really appreciate that they were like, this is a good couple. This is a healthy relationship. Now let's watch it devolve. Yeah. Well, and it it felt like something like you and your own partner would interact, like the same way you would interact with one another. Yeah. Like, it just felt natural. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she kisses him when they're getting ready to eat, and he just wants to get down to the food. He's like, no, I'm tearing some naan here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought them eating dinner was a really cute scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he does an audio test now. They're out in the living room area i think so their house their house is confusing yeah i think they have like the north like main living room area and then i think it goes to the kitchen and then maybe back over to like a dining area and that's where she has all of her craft stuff yeah and i think the dining area is also where he has his computer set up i think so yeah it's it's an odd setup (laughs) yeah it definitely feels early 20 ish yeah like oh we're in our 20s and we just kind of shoved shit everywhere yep Mika's doing an audio test, and she kind of makes fun of his obsession with electronics. And then he asks if she knows any tricks to make the activity happen. She says she doesn't want it to happen at all. And he wants it on camera to substantiate the claims. And she's like, uh, you believe me, right? Mm-hmm. So. I don't think he believes her. No. I think he thinks there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe if there is, I can catch something on camera and put it on the tube. Yeah. Or I could just like film myself having sex with my girlfriend yeah i think that's his ultimate goal i think so 
It's a nice camera. Yeah. Uh, so we get our first fake scare. Uh, the couple sitting on the couch, uh, Katie is crafting and Mika's playing guitar, and she hears something from the kitchen. They go to investigate, with the camera, of course, and they find out that the noise is the ice maker. Maybe the ice maker's possessed and it's the whole source of the demonic oppression. Likely. Uh, you know, I've actually seen this on several ghost hunting yeah. shows. They're like, what's that noise? Do you hear that noise? Yeah. What is that? It's my ice maker. Because ice makers make they, demonic sounds. They make weird noises. Uh, so now they're back on the couch, and he films her feet and says they're sexy. Brown suede couch. Brown suede couch, Like yes. microfiber. Like that is the early aughts. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> We had that We had, <laughs> we had that, that couch. couch. Yeah. <laughs> and the chair that goes with it. Yeah. Uh, then he tries to talk Katie into doing a little strip tease on camera, and she shoots him down, and he's like, just bra and panties? Mm-hmm. He's really shooting his shot. She she doesn't seem too hip on filming sexy time. No. Uh, so now we cut to the bedroom, and she's laying on the bed, and it's very obvious that he wants to record a little hanky-panky session. Then they just start discussing where the camera should be staged, and she thinks it should point down the hallway, because that's where they heard its footsteps. Ooh. But it's very dark down the hallway, so Mika goes and turns on the closet light down the hall. Uh, now Katie's in the bathroom getting ready for bed, and he shoots his shot again for filming some sex. Yeah, at this point, I said, like, dude, just sit down and have a discussion with her. <laughs> All you have to do is really ask. If that's your kink, I'm sure she'd be happy to do it for you. But pestering her in a rapey way isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, I kind of have the feeling that... Um, Th there's some past with Mika. <laughs> I think maybe when he was in college, he had some indiscretions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when, once again, she turns him down. Uh, he takes the camera back to the bedroom, and we see a setup with the laptop and the tripod and the fire wire. Uh, she sets an alarm on the keypad on the wall in the bedroom, and he turns off the light, and then they're in bed. And we get night number one. September 18th, 2006. Dun, dun, dun. It's almost spooky time. Uh, the couple spoons, and then we cut to 2.08 a.m. We hear rushing footsteps, and then Katie stirs. So we cut to the next morning, and Katie calls from downstairs to ask what Mika wants for breakfast, but he's very distracted by his camera. Uh, they decide on some scrambled eggs, and she calls back up for him to ask if he set her keys on the floor. <laughs> like, did because you put my keys in the middle of the floor? That's where I would leave them. Yeah. Uh, he sounds super annoyed with her, but he comes downstairs with the camera, and he finds that the keys are indeed lying on the floor, right between the dining room and the kitchen. Uh, so he asks where she left them, and she says, where I always leave them, on the counter next to the wallet. So he says, this is incontrovertible evidence that evil forces came from beyond the grave to move your keys, <laughs> uh, which I liked. Yeah. Uh, she kind of accepts the joke and then she tells him to make breakfast. Yeah. Like, you're going to give me attitude. You're going to make the eggs. Yeah. Dick. Uh, so now they're outside. He's in the pool and he finds clever little ways to flip off the camera. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I really like Mika despite his douchebaggery. He like. He is somebody that I would have hung out with in my younger well, years. That's what I told you. Like watching this film this time, I was like, oh my God, Misha's a er, Misha. <laughs> Mika, Micah, Misha. Uh, yeah. If I call him Micah a lot, I'm sorry because I can't look at the word and say it right because <laughs> my brain doesn't work that way. But 
um, I didn't realize what a douchebag Nico was. Oh yeah, he's until, a total douche bro. <laughs> until I watched it like critically, I like I just thought, okay, he's like just your typical bro. Mm-hmm. No, he's a douchebag. Yeah. Um, but we get another cute little scene here where they share a little kiss at the edge of the pool, mm-hmm. and they're a a very believable on screen couple. Yeah. Uh, even their look, like they just look mm-hmm. like they would be together. Yeah. Uh, so now we're back inside the house and Katie has the camera and explains that a psychic is coming to visit to see if they can help with the haunting. Uh, she goes to see how Mika feels about it and he makes fun of the psychic being a doctor and plays some creepy music on his computer that he thinks will make the psychic feel right at home. And it. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> I was okay with that. Yeah, it's like haunted house music that you would play like for little kids on beggars night. Yeah. So he asks if the psychic can give him some stock tips or some tips on the horses. Mm-hmm. And now we cut to the living room and they're waiting. And he says, so you think a psychic would be on time while they're waiting? And the psychic arrives and he just looks like a nice college professor type. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like that one that everybody makes fun of behind their behind his back, <laughs> but they actually really like but the teacher. But they like him, yeah. So Mika kind of makes fun of him a little bit. The doctor says he wants to get to know them better. Oh, yes. Sorry, I completely <laughs> lost my spot. That's okay. And they say they've been together for three years. They're engaged to be engaged. Yeah. Katie shoots him a dagger look. Yes. Apparently, that's a sore spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they discuss their careers. She's a student, hoping to be a teacher soon, and Mika is a day trader. Oh, that yeah. was such an early 2000s job. Oh, yeah. Are there still day traders? I'm sure there are, but... I bet there are, but I bet they're not... They're not rich. ...doing a lot. <laughs> the market's just going... Well, and uh, <laughs> with stock buybacks from corporations. Yeah. Not a lot of stock floating around there. We're a money podcast. Yes. So uh, the doctor also asks about their drug use, their health, their mental health, and he explains that most of the time, a haunting can be debunked, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. If every place you've ever lived is haunted, chances are you've never lived in a haunted house. Yeah. So Katie explains that all of this started when she was eight. She was sharing a room with her five-year-old sister, and she would wake up in the middle of the night to see a shadowy mass or a figure at the bottom of her bed. Her sister would see it, it was, see it as well, but it was never at the foot of her sister's bed, only Katie's. Then they had a fire that burned their house down, and the cause of the fire was never determined, but Katie does not blame the haunting for the fire. Mm-hmm. I probably would. I probably would, too. <laughs> so from 13 years old... And on, the haunting has come back periodically, and it just started happening again in the past few weeks. The doctor explains that since it's followed her from 8 to 13 to now to different locations, uh, it's something connected to her and not just a haunted house. So they take the doctor on a tour of the house to show him where the activity happens. The lights in the kitchen flicker, the faucets in the kitchen turn off and on on their own. Uh, they hear banging and scratching from inside the walls. That just means you have a rat. I don't want to hear banging and scratching from inside <laughs> the walls because I would be more afraid of rats than ghosts. Oh, what about dead workmen? Oh, the dead workmen in the mall. <laughs> uh, guys, you need to watch the movie The Gate. I believe you can find it on any free streaming service. Uh, yeah, it was made in Canada and it was uh, very young Stephen Dorff. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Uh, So they go upstairs, and the psychic feels that most of the activity happens in the bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, it does. 
No. <laughs> Wait, you know, that's what Miko <laughs> wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, so they've heard some whispering, sometimes unintelligible, but sometimes it whispers Katie's name. The psychic asks Mika if he hears it too, and he says he does hear weird noises sometimes, but he's never heard it say her name. And then he kind of gaslights her right in front of the doctor, and he's like, uh, well, that was probably just me saying your name in your sleep. And she's like, uh, no, I can tell the difference between you saying my name right next to me and a whisper. Yeah. So Mika shows off his camera setup and his EVP recorder, and the doctor guy asks how long they've been doing this, and he seems a little concerned with it all. So they continue the tour, and Katie tells the psychic that the lights in the guest rooms go on and off. And Mika asks then if there's something they can do to make the activity happen, and Katie looks kind of pissed. Yeah. And she tells the doctor that she discourages this sort of behavior. So the doctor's holding his chest, and he looks somewhat concerned, and Katie says that she didn't even want him messing around with the whole camera idea, and the doctor explains that entities can feed off negative energy, and then Mika jokes that Katie shouldn't let her mom come over anymore because she's mean. Yeah. At uh, this point, I wrote, kind of not digging Mika anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, tell me that's not something I would do. Just cracking jokes the whole time. Cracking like, jokes. He wouldn't make mother-in-law jokes, though. Oh, no. I like your mom. Yeah. So Katie's full-on pissed, and we can see a giant-ass teddy bear in the background in one of the guest rooms. Like, the teddy bear's, like, the size of a 12-year-old child. It, it's large. And I just, I don't know why I felt the need to take a note on that. It's probably I, one of those things, like, we were at a carnival, and he won me this giant teddy bear. Maybe it was their first date. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And then now I you're just, just created a whole backstory for a teddy bear. Now you're just stuck with that fucking giant teddy bear yeah. for the rest of your and life. And it's like you can't throw it away. No. Like, yeah. It symbolizes your love. Well, and then that would just be a source of a fight later. Yeah. You threw my damn teddy bear away. Yeah. And then like if he threw it away, yeah. she'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe you threw that away. You don't love me. Yeah. That was our first date. Damn teddy bear. Stupid fucking teddy bear. So back downstairs, the doctor explains that he only deals with ghosts, which are spirits of dead human beings. A demon is something different, and he thinks that's what they have going on here. Uh, he's not comfortable helping them with a non-human spirit. You cannot run from this. It will follow you. It may lay dormant for years, and something may trigger it to become more active. It will, over time, reach out to communicate with you. Ooh. So he just lays it all down. He's like, you got a demon. Yeah. And I put that he just like mansplains stuff a lot. Yeah. Because like we all know what a ghost is, dude. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you don't need to tell us that a ghost is the spirit of a dead human being. <laughs> we know. Uh, so the doctor gives him the name of a demonologist buddy of his named Dr. Johan Averys. Ooh, that was so fancy. I know. I'm, I'm doing accents. Uh, so Mika asks about getting a Ouija board. Okay, and uh, do you say Ouija or Ouija? If I'm around you, I say Ouija. But um, <laughs> if I don't think about it, I say Ouija. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why it bothers me, but it Ouija. Like, as I've gotten older, I'll say Ouija now. But like, if I'm not thinking about it, it's a Ouija board. Like, it just comes out easier that way. <laughs> it's... Find me any way that that group of letters can can spell Ouija. I don't know. Have you seen the English language? Yeah, but this isn't from English. The we is from French, French and the ja, ja, which is actually ya, 
is, is German. from German. So, so it's yes, yes board? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like my answer? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mika asks about the Ouija board. And uh, he was like, you know, we could get one of those and like ask this thing what it wants. And the doc's like, nope, bad idea. Because what it wants is Katie. And if you try to play games with it, that's like opening a door and inviting it in. And he really punctuates this point by telling Mika, I hope you understand me. Mm-hmm. And he gets like fatherly with yeah, him. Yeah, he's like trying to make his point, And Mika's just like. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. Uh, so the second the second the doc gets out the door, like the door's not even shut. And Mika <laughs> calls him a fruit. <laughs> and Katie's pissed. And I had not heard anybody referred to as a fruit in so long. Yeah. Like that is such an early aughts insult. Yeah. So Katie was pissed that Mika was being rude to the doctor psychic. Yeah. Because he was. Yeah, he was, but I thought it was funny. But especially like you invited this guy into your house, like because you think something's going on. Don't be a dick to him. Yeah, but he was late. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it is San Diego traffic. Uh <laughs> so the hell was that? Just shit happening. Yeah. Just some paranormal activity. <laughs> it's not the first thing today. Nope. So uh, back in the master bathroom, uh, Katie feels kind of validated by the psychic, and she wants to move forward with calling the demonologist. And Mika wants none of this. And uh, he doesn't want to put up with a legion of Jesus freaks. And she says, hey, if it gets worse, I'm calling the demonologist. And again, Mika pushes for some on-camera sex. Katie again shoots him down. And he says he'll turn off the camera for 10 minutes. And she goes, wow, 10 minutes? And he jokes, that's all the time I need. I don't know about you. <laughs> She's such a lucky lady. And, uh, you know, it, it really got me thinking, like, why do people want to have sex for, like, super long periods of time? <laughs> like, it, it makes you sweaty. And there's a lot of ab work involved. <laughs> Where is this going? I just, like... Just like come and go, just spooge and split, you know? Oh. Like, I don't understand why people are like, 10 minutes, oh my God. But then like when you read all those like, how long does the average couple have sex for? Yeah. And they're like eight and a half minutes. Yeah. But like. You get tired. Yeah. There's a lot of ab work. I know. <laughs> so, uh, Katie pees and Mika films himself in the mirror making fun of the demonologist. <laughs> He's so weird. <laughs> and, I, he he even came up with an accent. Uh-huh. I'm Dr. Johan Averys. <laughs> <laughs> but then like he tries to make his like face all like zombified too. Like yeah. he's like <laughs> And he's sticking out his gigantic Adam's apple. Yeah. Uh so now they go to bed and he tries to convince Katie that the camera is off and the record by record light is actually the standby light. Uh so now he actually does turn off the camera. And then he turns it back on immediately after the sex scene. And he says, I think that was probably illegal in Kentucky and another 12 states. This girl's a wild animal. I put, again, dude, like, just have a conversation. Don't video <laughs> rape your partner. <laughs> so Katie looks embarrassed and they go to bed at 1230 and Mika says he's going to get up at six. That's like way too ambitious. They're young. Like, why are you going to get up at Well, six? and you figure he's a day trader, so he probably oh, they're starts... On, they're on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, if he's a day trader, he can go take a nap at two o'clock. That's true. Yeah. 
I should be a day trader on the West Coast. Let's not. Okay. Okay, so now, overlaid on the screen, we get night number three, September 20th, 2006. The couple beds down, and the timestamp fast-forwards to 2.09 a.m. We can hear a rattling and a creaking before the door slowly closes just a little bit, and then there's a growling sound, and the door moves back to its original position. Uh, the timestamp fast-forwards to 6.14 a.m., and the alarm's going off, and Mika gets up immediately and checks his camera. He's so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he gets out of bed and immediately puts on jeans. I didn't notice that, but like, that's disgusting. What kind of fucking monster is this guy? You used to. Oh, I know. I didn't know about comfy pants until I was, what, like 24? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that would have been you. You would have just like pulled on jeans right after you woke up. Changed my whole world, you did. It's disgusting. <laughs> so now we cut to later. Uh, Mika's been checking out last night's footage, and he shows Katie the video and explains that all the doors and windows were closed. He double-checked them. Uh, the flowers on the nightstand were not moving like there was a breeze, but the door moves. Katie's shocked, and Mika thinks this is awesome. He's excited. He's very excited. <laughs> and again, he pushes for her to try to make stuff happen, and she's like, no, I don't want things to make to happen. I want things it to, to go leave away. me alone. <laughs> so we cut to later in the day, and Mika's playing guitar, and we can hear Katie scream. Do, do kids still play guitar? I hope so. Because, like... I, like all of our friends like in the early 2000s played guitar and like we just sat around and played. everybody played guitar yeah like do kids still do that i hope so i don't think they do <laughs> i hope you can hear our dog <laughs> snoring so because too. it's so impressive so youth let us know yeah hit us I'm, up i'm sure there's a lot of youth listening to us uh you know i think the lowest age on our demographics on our analytics is 32 <laughs> So maybe they can ask their kids. Yeah. Jet, you sleeping? So Mika's playing his guitar. We hear Katie scream and she's calling for him. He starts to make his way to her and then decides to go back for the camera. Yep. And we find out what she was screaming about was there was a spider in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Sack up, Katie. It's a spider. It's a spider. And then she's pissed because he grabbed the camera. <laughs> yeah. She's like, did you seriously bring the camera? Uh, so Mika gets the spider on a paper towel and he takes it outside and all is right with the world now. I thought that was nice. I know. He didn't kill the spider. He just took it outside. He's ready to slit a ghost's throat, <laughs> but he's not going to kill that spider. He's not going to squash it. Uh, so later, Mika's upstairs calling out to the ghost to see if it's there. And he asks, what's the point of moving the door? Is this part of your master plan to move a door? Or are you just doing random shit? And I think maybe he's the one who taught Zach Baggins how to investigate. <laughs> like just, just like go in and talk shit, dude. Just like fucking yell at it, bro. <laughs> maybe you could get some bedazzled jeans. Oh. Oh, Zach. <laughs> so now they're in bed again and Mika's reading a book and he says their haunt could be two things. A ghost or a demon. Seems like we've heard this before from a professional. Yeah. Uh, Katie reminds him that Dr. Fredericks told them it's not a ghost. And Mika's like, I'm putting the work in. I'm going to figure out what it is. And I don't think he will. No. Uh, so Katie says whatever's been following her all this time, it doesn't feel human. It feels like a monster. And she thinks it wants to hurt her. Okay, call the fucking demon guy. Yeah. 
When when Mika's looking at the book, book though, there's a nice long shot of Baphomet. There is. Like like a nice 20 second shot of Baphomet, yeah. which I thought was nice. Baffy's cute. So don't worry if your boyfriend might get pissy with you. Just fucking call the demon guy. Yeah. So Mika agrees that what she has been explaining sounds like a demon and demons suck. So he flips through the book a little bit and we see pictures of demons and one of them looks like he's on the toilet. Mm hmm. There's, it looks like a demon pooping. Yeah. And then we see Baphomet. Yeah. Let's see. I wrote that. Yay. Hail Satan. <laughs> and basically there's just, oh, he says, basically they're just these malevolent evil spirits that only exist to cause pain and commit evil for their own amusement. Then he explains that they can stalk people for decades. And he's stoked that it's on tape, and Katie's not stoked. I know, he's, like, excited that his girlfriend's being followed by a demon. Yeah, he's like, this is so awesome. awesome. So awesome, bro. (laughs) Uh, So Katie thinks the whole demon guy could be dangerous if uh, things start getting worse. Like, hey, I'm just going to call him. Yeah, well, and she is upset that he's still filming everything and is like, if it keeps getting worse, like, we're not going to keep the cameras on. Yes. So Mika fires back with thinking that he should get to keep going with his camera antics because Katie didn't tell him about the ghostly happenings before she moved in with him, which I'm going to say it's a little bit fair. If you've been being followed around by a demon or a ghost for more than 15 years. But it's not consistent. So maybe she thought it was gone. I'm still saying like, maybe you should tell your partner that you've had spiritual attachments. Yeah. So she looks a little guilty when he says this, and he pushes again, and he's like, you know, you could have told me before you moved in together, like, maybe not on the first date, maybe not on the third date, but like, the 30th date. Yeah, that's called gaslighting. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Mika checks the windows and the alarm again to prove that anything happening tonight isn't from outside the house. Uh, Katie doesn't think it cares about alarms and locked doors, and she says it can do whatever it wants, it can go wherever it wants, and it's already here. Mm-hmm. And she's getting pissed now. Yeah. She's like, I- I'm not digging this whole Mika thing anymore. Well, I think she realizes that Mika's going to make it worse. Oh, yeah. Like He's he- he's going to Zach Baggins the situation. <laughs> he's not helping. So then we cut to night number five, September 22nd, 2006. A wonderful time of year. So it's 2.55 a.m. and they're sleeping. Katie wakes up with a start, shoots straight up in bed and just starts panting loudly. Uh, She says she has a nightmare and Mika comforts her. Uh, Then she complains about her head hurting and there's a banging sound from downstairs. So what does Mika do? He jumps out of bed and gives the camera to Katie. (laughs) So he heads downstairs and checks it out. Nothing seems out of place. They go back into the bedroom, and he taunts it by saying, Is that all you got? Yeah, bro. And then Katie uh, admonishes him for this behavior, mm-hmm. and they go back to bed. So the next morning, uh, they're watching TV, and Mika asks if she's okay, and she just says that she's really creeped out. So At this like, point, she's kind of starting to seem a little out of it. Like, Yeah, she's a little loopy. She just looks a little worn down. Yeah. Like, maybe she didn't get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Uh, So later, Katie's friend comes over, and they're kind of futzing around with their beads, and it just looks like they're having a good time. They're beading. They are. They're beading. Yeah. You used to bead. Did I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I forgot. You and Bus used to bead all the time. Yeah. You guys used to bead off. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Mika comes in and he's uh, he wants to show them something and he's kind of dickish with him. Katie's like, no, I need a break from all the spooky stuff. And he hits him with a, come on, what the fuck? I'm trying to show you guys something. And he's kind of like a toddler, but like one who swears. Yeah. And he's a giant man baby. Uh-huh. And so uh, Katie looks at him and she goes, hey, you be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. That was cute. Katie's cute. <laughs> so, uh, Mika takes them to the computer, and he plays some audio for them, and it's a whispered voice from a few seconds before they woke up. He doesn't recognize it as a language, because he's a master linguist. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a day trader slash interpreter. Yes. He's, what do you call it if somebody knows, like, multiple, multiple languages? Like, don't they call them, like, polylinguists? That sounds good. I think that's what they're called. Sounds good to me. But he doesn't recognize it as a language. It isn't a dog or anything outside the house. It's not house noises or any electrical interference that I know of. <laughs> He's also a master of electrical interference. Well, yeah, he probably has an EMF detector. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> For those that don't know, an EMF detector is. <laughs> uh, so that's a detector that can sense electro and magnetic fields in the air. And the popular belief... I, I was joking. <laughs> I wanted to mansplain. Okay. <laughs> so he wants to go get a Ouija board. And both the ladies shut him down here, like very adamantly. Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks like a scolded, defiant puppy. Yeah. And he's like, you just got to let me do my thing. And Katie reminds him the camera is his thing. And she gives him an ultimatum. She's like, Ouija board means no more investigating, no camera or anything. And Mika promises that he won't buy a board. Yeah, this is a dick move. Yeah. But then he still pouts like a little bitch. Yeah. So we cut to later and Mika's at the top of the stairs and he calls out to the demon ghosty again saying they haven't had anything interesting happen in a while. Then he asks if it's scared and Katie's pissed. She's like, no, get in bed. Like, don't antagonize our little housemate here. Yeah, just ignore it. Yeah. Let it go away. And then he pulls his act again and he... What you got? I'm calling you out. <laughs> uh, at this point, I just like really wanted the demon to like push him over the railing just and punch him in the face, <laughs> like send him crashing dick first onto the steps below, <laughs> break his baculum. Uh, <laughs> so Katie keeps telling him to stop, and he says, "Your demon's worthless." Yeah. Yeah. So uh, night number thirteen now, September thirtieth, two thousand six. It is 3.13 a.m., and Katie wakes up after we hear a little knock. She kind of listens intently, and Mika wakes up asking her what's going on. And she says that she heard a thud from downstairs. Jet is playing with the newest addition to our household, (laughs) which is a kitty named Harvey. She is currently hiding under a chair, and he's trying to get her to come out by making weird noises at her. Like (laughs) boofing. Uh... She says she heard a thud from downstairs, so she sits up in bed, and there are sounds of rushing footsteps again, this time followed by, like, a screeching yelp Mm -hmm. and a really loud thud. And it sounds like something just slams into the wall. Yeah. So Katie absolutely loses it. She's sobbing. Mika bolts out of bed to grab the camera. Well, of course. And they go out in the hallway and start looking downstairs. Uh, Mika goes down and finds the chandelier is swinging. Swaying. Swaying back and forth. It's swaying. Uh, so Katie begs him to go back upstairs. He checks the doors. He puts the camera back on the, sh- like, points the camera back at the chandelier. 
and he's stoked that they got video proof of that noise. <laughs> he's so excited. So they hear sounds from down the hallway upstairs, and Katie's standing between the bed and the doorway, and there are more noises, uh, kind of thumpings, mm-hmm. like maybe footsteps. Maybe footsteps, maybe Wait. dead workmen in the walls. It's a dead workman in the wall. Yeah. Uh, so Mika approaches the doorway, but then nothing else happens. Uh, they hear some more noise, and he kind of gets on the floor with his ear pressed to the floorboards. And they get back into bed at 3.21, so seven or eight minutes after Katie shot up in bed. They turn the lights off, you can hear some more sounds in the background, and then it's the next morning. And Mika is elated that they're getting evidence. He even calls it some grade A shit. (laughs) And Katie again expresses her feelings that they should stop with the investigating, and she tells him, he doesn't take this whole thing seriously. Because he's not. No. But he says he's making a documentary. And she pushes for him to stop with the camera. And he's like, stopping's not an option with all this cool stuff going on. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I don't think it's so cool. And he's like, no, we have it documented, so it's going to be fine. Yeah. I can document myself getting murdered. That doesn't mean I'm not murdered. Exactly. Uh, With all this said, I I do do paranormal investigations. (laughs) So I do get really excited when something happens and I can catch it. Downstairs, he's trying to figure out where the sounds were coming from, and he thinks maybe it would have been from the walls or the ceiling. Uh, She thought it sounded like something big and heavy was dropped on the floor, and she points out that things like this didn't happen before they got the camera. Exactly. And he tells her that what they experienced last night, it wasn't that bad. It was a little loud or whatever. And then he just jokes that (laughs) all the noise was his inner child being scared. (laughs) Uh, So later in the day, Mika's in the bedroom doing an EVP session, and he asks if it would be happier talking with a Ouija board. Then he asks what its quest is. Like, seriously, demon, just go kick his ass. Yeah, I just want to see his head fall back because, like, he got punched in the face. Yes, like, really hard. Just beat the living piss out of him and let us watch it. Uh, So later he's reviewing the audio, and when he asks if it would be happier talking with the spirit board... There's a growling. Mm -hmm. So he decides that it has to be one growl means yes. Because, you know, one for yes, two for no. Of course. What other option is there? Yeah. But see, when you're investigating, that has to be established. You have to lay down ground rules, Mika. (laughs) You don't just get to decide. You can't decide what your code is. You a bad investigator. (laughs) So now it's nighttime again, and the couple's getting into bed. And Katie doesn't want to go to sleep yet and asks if they can just watch a movie. Okay, Mika, this is your cue. She just wants to lay in bed and watch a movie. You set the camera up on the tripod. You put on The Exorcist. No, that's called video raping your partner. No, because The Exorcist gets people in the mood. And then like halfway through the movie, you just look at her and be like, so the camera's still rolling. But would you maybe want to get down to some dirty time? This is his shot, and he's blowing it. Okay. Telling you, the exorcist. Yeah. (laughs) So Katie admits that she doesn't want to go to sleep yet because she's scared. And she's looking really tired now. Mm -hmm. She's looking rough. So now, it's night 15, October 2nd, 2006. October 2! I wrote Hero Day! (laughs) I I wrote Hero! (laughs) Um, In case you don't know that reference, we're talking about Hiro Nakamura from the TV show Heroes. Yeah. And Hero is great. Yes. 
So it is 1.35 a.m. in the movie. Katie sits up in bed and she looks a little confused. Uh, she glances around the room and then stands next to the bed staring at Mika. And the timestamp fast forwards for an hour and 54 minutes. At first you kind of think maybe she's just sleepwalking. Yeah. Is the vibe I got. And she's just kind of... You know, since it's fast forwarding, she's just kind of swaying back and forth. no, she just stands still for almost two hours. And then she just leaves the room. Mm -hmm. And Mika gets up. He starts looking for her. He checks the entire upstairs. And then he goes downstairs, yells her name a couple of times. And he finds the sliding door to the patio open. But there was no alarm. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, they have an alarm. And there was a door open. Hmm. I didn't think about that. Doesn't seem like she's sleepwalking. If she could like put in the alarm code. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he goes outside. Oh, yes. He finds her sitting in the porch swing outside and he tells her it's freezing outside in Southern California <laughs> and she should come in. And she kind of seems like she's in a trance or a daze. Mm-hmm. And she tells him she doesn't want to go inside. And then she's like, just go away. Yeah. And he offers to stay outside with her, but he's going to go get some blankets. So he mumbles to himself about her being weird. Then he gets to the living room to grab a blanket off the couch, and he hears a thud from upstairs in their bedroom. Uh, There's a strange noise from the room, and he yells for Katie to come inside. He goes upstairs to find the TV is on in the bedroom, and there's only snow on the TV. And I was like, oh my god, do you remember when TVs could just like have snowiness? Just have snow? I miss snow. I know. Informa. (laughs) I meant static. I miss static. Oh, I miss the rapper Snow. Uh, so he kind of turns around a few times in the room. And then the last time he does, Katie is just standing in the doorway. Like right behind him. Yeah. And she wasn't there just a second ago. No. Uh, she asks what he's doing. And he's like, what am I doing? What the fuck are you doing? I put. He's obviously spooked because he starts treating her like shit. Yes. And uh, <laughs> she seems really out of it and doesn't know what's going on. And she says that Miko woke her up and he explains what's going on to her and she's still out of it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, just come back to bed. I'm cold. (laughs) Well, you're outside. In that freezing San Diego weather. Mm -hmm. So the next morning, um, Katie doesn't remember anything from the night before. So Mika starts recapping all of it for her. And she said she had gruesome nightmares. Yes. She doesn't remember anything until he woke her up, pointing the camera at her. Mm-hmm. She can't believe that she went outside and she doesn't remember any of it. And Mika refers to her as being in like a catatonic state. Yeah. And yeah, she was almost there. Yeah. She could communicate, but... Barely. Yeah. So downstairs, he kind of posits that this is sleepwalking and maybe it's been happening for a long time. That's when she tells him about her gruesome nightmares. He's like, you know what? This is just your demon ghosty thing trying to scare us. And Katie admits, yeah, I am scared. Mm -hmm. And they hug and he promises her that he will protect her. And he thinks bringing in the exorcist is only going to make it worse. And she half-heartedly agrees that she doesn't want it to get worse. Which is, that's a valid point. Yeah, I've watched a lot of episodes of A Haunting. And, you know, sometimes they have somebody come in and bless the place. And And then it just gets pissed off. Yeah. Uh, So we cut to later, and Mika has the camera set up in the living room, and he shows off a spirit board complete with a big pentagram in the middle of it. He says, you got something to say? Now's your chance. And Katie's getting ready for the night, and as she walks downstairs commenting on how much she needs to go out, 
She just wants to get out of the house and go hang out with her boyfriend. And then meanwhile, the douche canoe is setting up the spirit board on the coffee table. Yep. But it's okay because he didn't buy it. Yeah. And he's like, it's okay. We have 10 minutes and I want you to help me talk to the demon. (laughs) And she reminds him that he promised he wouldn't do this. And he tries to loophole his way out of it. And he's like, I promised I wasn't going to buy a Ouija board. I didn't buy this one. I borrowed it. He's a dick. Yes. So she goes off and I don't blame her. No, she's pissed. And she tells him, she's like, there will be no more camera. And I don't want to hear anything about this anymore. And she leaves and you can hear like the whole way out of the house. She's just like, it felt like a real fight. Yes. She is reading him the riot act. And he's like, (laughs) can I talk? Hey, 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 Katie. Hey. So they just get outside and we hear footsteps descending the stairs. And then the plants and the curtains in the living room start to blow around. Then the planchette on the spirit board moves around on its own, and the board catches on fire. And then we hear the footsteps run back up the stairs, like, I did what I came to do. (laughs) So three and a half hours later, they get back home, and it's obvious that they have been fighting this entire time. Uh Uh-uh. It wasn't a fun night out. No. (laughs) So uh, Katie's still pissed. Uh, Mika goes over and checks out the the spirit board, and he's kind of freaked out by something. And Katie says she's done with all this. No more camera. None of it. And Mika shows the spirit board to the camera and says it looks like somebody drew something on the board. Then he calls for Katie to look at it, and she's not having it. (laughs) She tells him, I don't give a fuck what that thing says. (laughs) And I was really bothered here. This is just me with my technicalities, but they keep calling it a Ouija board. It's not. It's a spirit board. A Ouija board is a specific brand. Okay. <laughs> Who's the douche canoe now? Me. You call them Kleenexes, don't you? Not if they're not Kleenex. For real? Yeah. Do you call it Velcro? Yeah. Okay. I don't call it hook and latch. <laughs> So uh, she goes into the bedroom and she slams the door and he goes in and she tells him to get the fuck out. Katie's done. She yells at him to get out again and slams the door and he says, I think she's pissed. That's not good. (laughs) So now they're in the kitchen and Katie isn't quite ignoring him, but she is ignoring any talk about ghosts. Yeah. Uh, She asks if they have any lemon and he's like, he asks her, what do I have to do? And she tells him to turn off the camera. Mm-hmm. So now we're back in the bedroom and Mika half-heartedly gives a speech to the camera about the following of Katie's rules on camera use and not offending the entity and not to betray Katie's trust. He's being a complete tool bag about it. Mm-hmm. And they get into bed and he wants a kiss and she refuses and she goes, good night. <laughs> And then he gets under the sheet, and she relents, and she kind of leans over and gives him a little peck. And then a few minutes later, they're cuddling, and he asks her if she wants to know what happened with the spirit board. And she's like, no. And she kisses him again, and they go to sleep. He's lucky he got that kiss. Yeah. So the next day, he's going through the footage, and he's trying to figure out what the board was spelling out. And he comes up with Adina, Diane, Nadine, and she doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, and... She really wants the board out of the house. I would too. She's like, get it out. I don't care what it says. Mm -hmm. So her friend comes over and Mika interrupts them again with his camera. And her friend offers to let Katie come stay with her. But Katie explains that won't work. It's just going to follow me again. 
Uh, Mika says that he has a grand plan, and the friend asks him, okay, so what's the plan? He says, don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> I don't think Mika has a plan. You know, this sounds a lot like the plans I used to hear from the 45th president of the United States. <laughs> it's the best plan. It's really a great plan, okay, to repeal Obamacare. Uh, so later, Katie makes a compromise with Mika, and she tells him that he can do his experiment with some powder on the floor... And if it doesn't help, she's calling the demonologist. So we cut to Mika, and he's spreading powder in the hallway to capture footsteps. And I don't really know how that's going to help anything. Uh, you've already heard it walking around, slamming shit, opening and closing doors. But getting its footprints on camera is going to solve something? Well, I think it's just more evidence. He just wants evidence is all. But he, he doesn't care about a solution. Yeah, he'd make a great Bigfoot hunter. <laughs> Uh, so Katie says she's calling Dr. Avery's tomorrow and Mika's like, take a deep breath, pop a pill, it'll be fine. And now he's kneeling at the top of the staircase and she or the demon should have just punted his ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Katie's not, not happy about the whole pop a pill comment. And she's like, pop a pill my ass. And he tells her he's been doing his research and he's on top of it. They argue again about the demonologist and he gets very possessive, and he's like, this is my house, you're my girlfriend, and I'm going to fucking solve the problem. With baby powder. Okay, Rambo. <laughs> so it's now night number 17, October 4th. Uh, they're still arguing as they settle in for bed. And if this thing feeds on a negative energy, like, this is an all-you-can-eat <laughs> shit buffet. It, it's definitely full right now. Yeah, this is like the golden corral of negative energy. You know, but at least they have powder all over the floor. Mm -hmm. They got that going yeah. for them. Now Katie might be pissing it off, too, because she keeps adamantly saying that she's calling the demonologist. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm calling him tomorrow. I'm calling him tomorrow. Yeah. I think you might just be making it mad. I think so, too. You got to keep that stuff close to the vest. So Mika tells her that she's too cute to be talking. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, I actually wrote in my notes, fuck all the way off. <laughs> so the timestamp fast forwards to 3.15 a.m. Uh, we can hear some banging and wrestling followed by heavy footsteps. They both wake up and we can see footprints in the powder on the floor. There's footsteps in, but nothing out of the room and the footsteps look beastly. Yes. I think you would describe them as beast-like. Dinosaurish. Dinosaurish. <laughs> They're like velociraptor feet. Exactly. That's what it reminded yeah. me of. I like that. I, I wrote here that one of them kind of looks like a, a hoof print, and the other ones kind of look like a three-toed creature, like a velociraptor. Yeah, it, it looks three-toed. Yeah. Uh, so they go in the hall, and they find foot the footprints stop in front of the closet door. So they look into the closet and they find out that the attic door is out of place. Uh, Mika goes and gets a ladder and Katie is not at all enthused about him going into the attic. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. And he tells her, I'm not going to go in the attic. I'm just going to pop my head in and look around. Because, because sometimes people live in your attic and you don't know. Yeah. What's I, that called? Frogging? Well, I, I, I thought frogging was like a sex thing. <laughs> You know, there's like doggy style and froggy style. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's called frogging. Frogging, eh? Yeah. We thought that was happening in our house. For a while. Yeah. What, what was it? It was a raccoon. <laughs> um, it turns out raccoons have poo that looks very similar to human poo. 
And when I opened like the trap door to our attic, I saw this big turd. And I was like, okay, there's a person living in our attic. And I just closed the door. <laughs> yeah, it's called frogging. P-H frogging. Oh. Um, and the name comes from the idea of leapfrog with an intruder hopping from place to place like a frog, whether it be someone's basement, attic, or crawl space. I don't like that it happens enough that it has a name. There's a TV show. What What is it called? Like My Deadly Froggy it's Man? It's like, I think it's, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. But it's, it happens a lot. I don't, I don't want to live in the world anymore. <laughs> Just to creep you guys out a little bit more. This is so bad. <laughs> is that worse than the scary movie? That is the scariest of movies. <laughs> uh, Mika pans the camera around in the attic, but all that seems to be up there is like insulation, insulation and carpet scraps. Um, but he sees something stuck in the insulation a ways into the room. So he passes Katie the camera and he goes back up into the attic to retrieve whatever it was that was stuffed in the insulation. And Katie is in full on freak out mode. Yeah. Like she's almost like she's hyperventilating. Almost, yeah, almost panic attack. Yeah. So he comes back down with a, a picture that's burnt at the edges and she freaks when she sees it. She's like, there's no way this picture could even exist because it was in her house that burned down 15 years ago. That's just like chilling. Yes. <laughs> And I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. It's getting real now. Uh-huh. Uh, earlier, she told the psychic that they had the fire and they lost everything. So if that picture was in the house, that picture should not exist. Exactly. Well, then how the fuck did it get in the attic? And then she asked, where was it in the attic? And he said, it was right above our bed. Mm-hmm. So that's... I don't know what I would do. Um, well, and it's like, you can't run away from it. Yeah, I think I might just like, I'd call a priest, I'd call a rabbi, I'd call a pastor, I'd call a witch doctor, I'd, <laughs> I would call like a medicine man. I would just put everything away and ignore it. Yeah, but at, at this point, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, you've already opened the door. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't let you ignore it. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Katie is looking absolutely exhausted and says she's not going to class. Uh, Mika's looking pretty rough, too, now. And he suggests that they just get some more sleep. And she says, I don't need more sleep. I need a new life. That's so sad. I know. Mika's lightened up the footsteps footage so you can see the footprints stomping into the room. And Katie's like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and call Dr. Avery's. Uh, Mika tries stopping her. And he's saying that he's in control of the situation and he's been making progress. What progress, Mika? Qua? <laughs> <laughs> so she points out that he's not in control and he's not making progress. She points out that if he thinks he's in control, he's an idiot. And then she says, not a single thing you've done has helped at all. You think that thing would have left footprints if it didn't want to? No, it did it because it wanted to. It wanted you to find my photo. It can be anywhere. It can hear what we're saying right now. And she's right. Yeah. So Katie tried to call Dr. Avery's, but he's out of the country. So she decided to call Dr. Fredericks back. And Mika's all grumpy faced and pouty about it. So now it is night number 18, October 5th. That's my birthday. It is your birthday. It is 3.53 a.m. And the light above the stairs turns on and we hear some footsteps. 
Mika wakes up and the light turns off and then the door just full on slams in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So now Katie's awake and Mika approaches the door and something bangs on it really hard. And Katie's like pleading with him not to open Mm -hmm. the door. And she's hyperventilating. Yeah. And he hands her the camera and he throws the door open and he starts asking, who's there? Like he hasn't (laughs) seen Scream. (laughs) So then he demands that it shows itself. And then he asks if it has a problem. I'm guessing it's you, Mika. Uh Uh-huh. So they're in front of the closet and uh, the bedroom door slams shut. So Katie's absolutely losing it. She wants to leave the house and she's begging her dickhead boyfriend to stop being a dickhead and stop confronting and investigating. He aggressively opens the bedroom door to nothing and he says, oh, it's scaring us. Um, <laughs> y- yeah, it is. It is. So Katie's fleet like flipped out full panic attack mode. She's refusing to go back in the bedroom and wants to go downstairs. And he tries telling her it won't make a difference if they're upstairs or downstairs. And then she's like literally pleading with him. She's mm-hmm. like, please, 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 please. Yes. And he agrees to go downstairs. So they get to the landing between the floors and they start hearing noises. It's like, what would you do at this point? I don't know. Like, you're not safe anywhere in that place. But you're not safe Safe anywhere out of that place. Like, if you were Mika, would you just haul ass? Yeah. Would you just be like, "Uh, Katie, you're going to you're going to sleep here. I'm going to. I think if I was Katie, I would just grab a comforter and go to the bathtub and just like. Just hide. Just hide in the bathtub <laughs> with my comforter. And then Meek would be like, I'm going to go stay at one of my day trader bro's houses. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, he doesn't have friends. No, he doesn't. So they head back into the bedroom and we get to the next morning. Mika goes downstairs looking for Katie and she's sitting on the couch wrapped in a blanket and she looks bad. Mm-hmm. And he tells her she needs to sleep. And... She says that she was scared and couldn't be in the bedroom anymore, so she came downstairs. Yeah. Uh, she seems to just be giving up, and she says, we can't even be in our own house. Mm. They're both kind of reaching a breaking point. Yeah. Uh, Shit's past the hill. It's, mm-hmm. We're on the decline. And I, I think they're putting out a little bit of negative energy for that thing to feed on. Just a little bit. So they're eating what looks like Mexican takeout, but it also looks like there might be a pizza box on the counter. I put that it looks like pasta. And then maybe there's like a bag of crab rangoons or egg rolls. And I'm like, you know what? Just go off. Like, eat all the fucking takeout. If this is going on, like. Yeah. Like, something's got to make you happy. Like, you just door dash yourself whatever you want yeah. and just eat the pain away. So they hear a bang from upstairs and they rush to investigate it. Just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know there's something in the house terrorizing you. Why do you need to know exactly what it's terrorizing you with? Let it be. Yeah, and just be like, oh, it made a bang again. So Mika says he's going to go check the mirrors. So apparently they heard glass break. All we really heard was a bang. I thought it kind of sounded like a broken glass. Like a... So Katie says that their picture was the source of the sound. And we see the picture frame glass is broken. But in the frame... Still under the glass, the picture of Mika's face has scratches on it. Mm-hmm. That would creep me out. Mm-hmm. Um, hers isn't scratched. Nope. And he's like, well, why is my face scratched but not yours? I don't know. Maybe because you're the pussy who's been calling it out. You're the one being the ass face, Mika. So Katie says that there's something standing near her. And he asks, well, what's here? What are you talking about? Dude, 
What fucking house have you been living in for the last 18 nights? What do you think is here? Um, anyway, so Douchey McGee turns the camera towards Katie, and she's looking beyond freaked out yeah. at this point. And she says she can feel it breathing on her. And then we see her hair move like someone just blew on her. Ugh. And I remember seeing that scene the first time I watched this movie. Uh-huh. I don't know if I've ever hugged a beagle tighter. <laughs> it's scary. Uh, so Mika decides to go on a quest to find the invisible demon ghost. Uh, no, it's not hiding in the shower. No. So Katie's getting worse now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's pacing the living room and ass face tells her to stop pacing because it's making him nervous. And have you been around the last few weeks, Mika? Yeah. You should be nervous. You should be. So the doorbell rings and Dr. Fredwick, Dr. Fredwick's, <laughs> Dr. Fredericks greets them rather jovially and Katie invites him in and he just gets across the threshold and he explains that Dr. Avery's is out of the country. He's like not even five steps inside. And he already wants to leave. You can tell that he's just like, this is not good. Yeah. And he says that it is very aggravated that he's here. Mm-hmm. So Katie begs him to stay and says that they just need, and he tells her that they just need to wait for Dr. Avery's and then he fucking bolts. Yeah. Like, I bet he was in his car in three seconds. Mm-hmm. He wanted nothing to do with that house. And he once again tells them, uh, yeah, leaving's not going to help. You're mm-hmm. just going to have to. Stick this one out, kids. I'm not going to provide you any help, but I'll give you advice on not going anywhere. So now we cut to Katie, and she is laying in the bed sobbing. Uh, Mika spoons her, and he's trying to comfort her. And this is like the first time that we've seen him like be nice. <laughs> I noted Mika is... Er, see? I did it again. Mika. 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 Is finally nice and cuddles and comforts her. He hasn't done that really yet. No. He's just been like, bro, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now we get night number 19, October 6th, 1.34 a.m. We see the sheet billow on Katie's side of the bed, and then it kind of cuts forward to 3.04 a.m. The light turns on in the closet and turns back off, and we hear rustling. Katie wakes up and says she felt him breathing on her. So Mika goes to check it out. And he tells her, chill, there's nothing happening. Uh, She says that she can feel that he is still here. She can feel something is wrong. So now it's morning and Katie is freaked as fuck. Uh, She can feel it watching her. She says that they have to figure out something soon. Mika says that he'll research it and find them some options. So his research? Let's look at the video and show Katie the scary sheet billowing. (laughs) That's going to help. Yeah. Uh, We can also see in this kind of lightened up version Mm -hmm. that he has that there's a shadow darkening the door in their bedroom. And it looks horned. Yes. Because I put up at the beginning when they first showed it, I said, it looks like some black human shaped thing comes into the room, which I'm not sure was the shadow of a cameraman or was it intentionally supposed to be there. Either way, it works. But then down here, I was like, it was on purpose. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Uh, So Mika did find something in his research. Diane, one of the possibilities from the spirit board. Uh, It was the name of a possession victim that he found online. She had all the same things happening to her that Katie had. 
Uh, it started when Diane was eight. Her house burned down. She saw shadows. She called an exorcist. Mika thinks that the spirit board was trying to tell them to look her up. And he says that contacting the exorcist just pissed it off more and reveals that after the exorcist came, things got worse for Diane. It was clearly an angel fire site. Oh, yes. <laughs> In all its glory. Uh, so Katie sees a before photo of Diane and says she's very pretty. Mm-hmm. And then they watch a very dark and grainy internet video of her being all sorts of possessed. Mm-hmm. And Mika suggests that they just let it run its course since it's gone away on its own before. Yeah. Like, I, I think you've passed the point <laughs> of no return here. You've been poking it, buddy. Yeah. You can only poke a bear so many times. So later, Katie is studying and Mika tells her that he found out some more things that they could try to do to make it better. And she pretty much just tells him, get lost. Mm-hmm. And she's like, just get away from me with the camera. And she tells him that he and his camera are the problem. And she rushes off. She's not happy. Uh, he accuses her of bringing the demon into the house. And you can see that one cut deep. Yeah. She's she's hurt. Mm-hmm. And then it's he, like, it's not her fault. Yeah. She's not doing anything. You're the one making it worse. And then he tells her, yeah, just go upstairs and hang out with your friend. Yeah. Oof. Dick. Dick, dick, dick. Uh, so the next thing we see, she's on the floor in front of the closet, just absolutely bawling. And she's apologizing to Mika, and he tells her she hasn't done anything wrong. Which, that that was good. You, that was good. You did a good there. Um, now maybe say, I'm sorry. So it's night number 20, October 7th. It is 4.31 a.m., and we see a shadowy form materialize on the door before Katie gets dragged out of bed by her ankle. And she's calling out for her boyfriend, Mr. Assy Asserton. <laughs> um, but she's like absolutely screaming. She's yeah. like, Mika, Mika. She's a great actress. Yes. Um, she gets dragged out of the room and then the door slams shut. Uh, Mika's giving chase and Katie is screaming her ass off. Uh, they run back into the bedroom, and Katie is shrieking and sobbing, and they kind of huddle on the floor with him holding her, and now they're downstairs on the couch, and she's begging him to leave the house. And he says, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go to a hotel. I'm going to go pack stuff up, but can I get a shot of your back real quick? Mm-hmm. So she raises her shirt to reveal a really big bite mark on her back, mm-hmm. and it looks angry. Yeah. It, it's not happy. No. I don't want that bite mark. It's not a love bite. So in the next scene, Katie's sitting on the floor between the kitchen and the living room. And uh, I wrote, she's not well. <laughs> she's almost like in a trance again. Like all of the energy has been sucked out of her. But she's also clutching onto something. Yes. Uh, so Mika tells her the car's all packed. And she's like Mandy said, like really gripping something in her mm-hmm. hand. Uh, he pulls it out of her hand, and it's a cross. And she was gripping it so tightly that her hand is bleeding, and Mika loses it. Yeah. He's like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I've had it with this shit. <laughs> the, cr- the bloody cross is what put him over the edge. So he lifts Katie up off the floor and takes her to the couch, and then he throws the cross in the fireplace mm-hmm. and says, fuck it, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. What? <laughs> Maybe keep the cross, bro. That might be a good idea. Um, so Katie's in bed now, and Mika comes in, and he implores her to leave. 
He's like, yeah, let's like just leave the house. Yeah, the car's packed. Let's go. And now Katie's very lucid, very calm. Mm-hmm. And she says, I don't want to leave. Will you just stay with me? Yeah, it's best if we stay here. And he's shocked. And she's like, it'll be better if we stay. And he reminds her, like, hey, you just got dragged down the hall. And she says, no, it'll be better if we stay. Mm-hmm. And then she looks dead at the camera and says, I think we'll be okay now. But there's two voices coming out mm-hmm. of Katie at the same time. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be okay. No, it's not a good sign when somebody starts speaking in two distinct voices. <laughs> uh, then she smiles and just closes her eyes. Yeah, she's happy. I think we can assume Katie is full on possessed. Yeah. So now it's night 21. It's October 8th, and it is 1.27 a.m. Katie does a Michael Myers-style sit-up in the bed, and she just appears to be in a trance again. Mm-hmm. She stares at the bed like she did on the porch swing night. She's just standing there, staring. Just watching Mika sleep. Just staring, just being creepy. Uh, the sheet is pulled off Mika by an unseen force, and she goes to his side of the bed and stands there and stares at him for about an hour and 45 minutes. Doing her wobbling thing as the timestamp fast forwards. Until 314. So she leaves the room and heads downstairs. Very calm. And we hear Katie scream Mika's name. And she just continues shrieking. And he rushes downstairs to her. This whole time, the camera's still on the tripod in the bedroom. So we have no idea what's happening Mm -hmm. downstairs. (laughs) Mika hauls out of bed so fast. I'm surprised there wasn't a cutout of him in the wall. He does. He- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we hear him scream, oh, my God, before crying out in either pain or shock. Mm-hmm. And then it goes silent. And we're just like left sitting there in silence for a few seconds. And then we hear these big plodding footsteps approaching the camera. And then Mika's body gets flung at the camera. Yeah. It knocks the camera askew. And we see Katie standing in the doorway. And her white tank top is soaked in blood. And she comes into the room, kneels next to Mika's apparently very dead body. Yeah, he's dead. She sniffs him. And then she gets all spider-like. Yeah. But when she sniffs him, that's just... It, yeah. Ew. I don't know why, but it's creepy. It's so off-putting. And then she approaches the camera, stares right down the pipe, and her face distorts, and she grunts out a demonic sound before rushing at the lens. And the screen goes black. Then we get, I don't know what I want to say, we get text on the screen. Like an update kind of thing. like. And it says, Mika's body was discovered by police on October 11th, 2006, three days after that last scene that we saw. Mm-hmm. And it says, Katie's whereabouts remain unknown. Then we get copyright info, and the screen goes black for a very long time. And then we get the closing credits. Mm-hmm. Complete with a list of all of the people who supported the movie online. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't watch the credits. Because um, I must have gone and watched the alternate ending at this point, because I hate oh. I hate the ending. Yeah. The, the ending does kind of ruin it. The actual ending is so much better. Yes. So in the actual ending, like pretty much everything is the same. Except for when she comes into the room, she's not scary demon smiley thing. She just slits her throat. Yeah. And it's the sound effect. Yeah, it's rough. Like you hear all of the tendons popping. Yeah. 
So this movie has a body count of one. It's Mika. Mika. He um, deserved it. I wrote that his cause of death was screamed at and bloodied and hucked at a camera. I put he was stabbed by Katie off screen. I don't know if she stabbed him or if she like... Just ripped him apart? Yeah. (laughs) She was very possessed. Yeah. Uh, So what are your reactions, Mandy? I put that these movies are so interesting because essentially nothing happens. It's just the anticipation of waiting for something to happen. You're just constantly watching the screen. Yes. Like you're I just feel like my eyes dart constantly like I always try to just stare dead at the middle of the screen. Oh, my eyes just dart everywhere. And then I'm just like waiting for movement to like make me look somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't always like found footage films because sometimes they can make me queasy, but this one was okay. Um Katie did an amazing job of acting. And then I didn't realize how unlikable of a character Mika was until I watched it this time. I know. <laughs> Like, I've always kind of been like, oh, that Mika, what a cut up. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that Mika, please push him down the steps. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, that's all I have to say. What's yours? I said this is the best found footage movie of all time. Yeah. Even after seeing it dozens of times, like, it can still get me. Like, sitting in a dark room and watching this by yourself, you don't feel like you're by yourself anymore. No. The acting, I thought, was the most believable of any found footage movie I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. The directing was really good. Just perfect for setting like the creepiness Mm -hmm. of the whole thing. It was so minimalist. And even though not a lot happens, you feel like you got put through the horror ringer. Yes. I really like that there's no music. I didn't really think about that, but... It just kind of makes you feel like you're trapped Mm -hmm. and you don't get any comfort. Yeah. Like well, and you don't get any um, of that suspense buildup from the score. Yeah. Because normally it's like the score kicks up and you're like, oh, something scary is going to oh, happen. I better get ready. Yeah. I thought it kind of helped nail home the believability, too, that there was no music overlaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that the found footage wasn't jumpy or grainy or jostly. And I feel like everybody can connect with the storyline because everybody knows that house. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that completely normal suburban track home that you walk in and you're Mm -hmm. just like, something is wrong in this place. Yeah. And, you know, I have zero bad things to say about this movie other than the fact that Mika is a possessive, gaslighting, controlling, self-centered prick. (laughs) I'm so so glad I made you a feminist. (laughs) Um, You and Sarah Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) So, any production facts for me? Katie and Mika were originally only paid $500 for their work. That's not a lot of money. That's nuts. That that doesn't even pay your rent. No. Especially (laughs) it was, what, 11 days of work? I I guess I didn't know, but... um, It contains no opening or closing credits. It was shot actually in... Is it... Orin Pelly. Orin Pelly's house. And he spent a year redecorating his house because originally all of the walls were stark white. Oh, that wouldn't look very good. No, that's not good. When DreamWorks acquired the movie, it was their intent to remake the film with a bigger budget. But Bloom and Pelly stipulated a test screening, believing that it would be well received. During the screening, people were walking out. They all assumed it was bombing until they learned people were actually leaving because they were so frightened. And then Paramount was like, 
all right we'll release your version orin maybe we don't need to spend money on this that's all i got i had much of the same things that you did um simpatico (laughs) uh it was filmed in seven days uh there was no real script the actors were just kind of given the outlines of the story and things that they were supposed to improvise in each scene Mm -hmm. dreamworks including steven spielberg himself cut a deal with blum and orin pelly to remake the film so even spielberg was like hey you guys did a good job yeah let's do it again yeah and then the test audiences were like no don't do it again (laughs) (laughs) uh do you have any goofs i don't i don't know if this qualifies uh, but the only thing I noticed, and I just, I, I want to say something in every section. Yeah. Um, Katie's outfit changed when she went from the couch uh, in her trance state to the floor. Oh. She was wearing like a, like wearing sweatpants and mm-hmm. like a navy blue shirt. And then when she was on the floor, she was wearing shorts and like a pink over shirt. Oh. I'll never have anything to write in the goof section, just so you know, because... I can't pay that much attention. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it a couple hundred times okay. and you'll, you know, you'll start picking up on things. Yeah. Uh, so, Mandy, who are you? Um, I put that I'd be Katie, I guess, because, like, there's only two characters, um, except, like, I'm not possessed. I hope not. At least I hope not. Well, some um, weird shit's been going on. But, like, I'd just be trying to ignore everything going on. I put... That you are the friend that comes to play with beads. (laughs) You used to like playing with beads. Yeah. And you would totally tell your best friend's boyfriend that he's stupid for wanting a Ouija board to communicate with a demon. Yeah. You'd be like, no, you're not doing that. You're dumb. Yeah. And you are. You're Mika. I'm not Mika. You're Mika. No. See, I wrote, I guess I'm the demon because I like fucking with people. (laughs) So Cam would definitely be Mika, minus being an asshole. Yeah. Because you would be instigating and trying to capture everything on film. When have I ever? Yeah, I've seen you do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so rating. Um, Don't break my heart. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay, that's that's acceptable. I'd give it a 9 if it was the alternate ending. Yes, the alternate ending is the much better ending. Yeah. Um, I like that it was a haunting of a person rather than a house. Um, we really hadn't seen that before. No. Um, I liked how you could literally see the demon seeking, sucking the energy out of Katie. Like, she just went downhill throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You could just see, like, her life force. Yeah, her looks and her energy level, her just voice. leaving her. And then the, the scenes of her just standing by the bed, not moving are terrifying they are why 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 i it's it's, so off-putting and i I don't get it it's just sinister looking yes because you're like what what's she planning what's she doing Mm -hmm. there well and the, the fact that somebody could stand still for two hours yeah and just stare at someone yeah so would you rate it i gave it a 10 out of 10 you did yeah i said i can't find anything bad to say about this movie uh, for the budget and the short shooting schedule, they made an absolutely perfect found footage film. Uh, it wasn't campy. It wasn't nauseating to watch. It was scary. It was fun. It was memorable. It was believable. Um, sometimes the acting would drop off a little bit, but not the main characters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Frederick's not a great actor. Well, yeah. Even with the little, the two little instances that I noticed of the acting kind of dropping off a little, it wasn't enough to take me out of the story. Yeah. And so, yeah, I said, welcome to my 10 out of 10 club paranormal activity. Ooh. So that's an aggregated score of... Uh, you said a seven, seven, right? Yeah. So eight and a half. That's what I was going to say, but I wasn't sure if my math was right. <laughs> 17 divided by two. <laughs> well, that's not how I did it. Oh. 10? I, I did that. 10 you, plus you 7 10. is 17 no. divided by two people. I did 10 minus 7 is 3, and half of that is 1 and a half. Oh, you so did add a- that back onto my 7. <laughs> you did the hard way. Oh. Um. So, do you have anything in closing? I don't. I think I think it's kind of funny that we both mentioned, like I said, queasy, and you said nauseating. Yes. Because a lot of found footage films do that to me. Yeah, we just watched uh, Grave Encounters recently, mm-hmm. and that one, can you imagine seeing that one in a theater? No. I would have barfed in my popcorn yeah. bucket. Oh, uh, one thing we didn't mention at the top of the show. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, yeah. This episode comes out on Thanksgiving, and you know what? We hope if your drunk MAGA uncle is just going off on his tangents that you can just step away, maybe have a drink or a little smoke or something, and- Listen to our soothing voices. With some pumpkin pie. Yes. I hope you're having some pie. Yes. I prefer pecan. Oh, me too. I'm not a pumpkin lady. The pumpkins, I like a slice of both. Yeah. But, um, butum. Butum. Um, if you guys could, I know I hate saying this because every podcast does it, but like. I was waiting for you to say it because I didn't want to. I know, but it's, it's the only way for us to get out there. If you guys can, like, subscribe rate review share with all your friends so far we're doing pretty good we are but we're we're getting some listens we're getting a lot of people following us that we don't even know oh no and if you guys could just push us out a little bit more we would greatly appreciate it say some nice things about us on the interwebs yeah and if you guys have any like suggestions even criticism yeah let us know we can take it we got tough skin yeah you're not going to hurt my feelings. I don't. I'm baby soft. We'll cry at night. We'll cry at night. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> um, so if you want to find us on the socials, uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash franchise frights pod, Instagram at franchise frights pod, Twitter X at franchise frights pod, or no, at F frights pod. I was going to say, I, oh, I almost I screwed you. it up. It's F frights pod. And Snapchat F frights pod. Yeah. Um, maybe one of these days I'm going to learn how to actually use Snapchat and give you something interesting to look at. You're doing okay so far. Uh, so tune in next Thursday. We're so excited for next Thursday. I'm so excited. We're going to be watching. Scream. We're not going to be watching it. We're going to no. be reviewing it. Yeah. We're going to be reviewing Scream. Yes. Yeah. Which Mandy has found. I've just decided it's my favorite movie. Yeah. Like scary movie. It's not Halloween. I think Scream. It's it. <laughs> it. That made me think of uh, the requel of Scream. So it's a guy in a white mask and he goes around killing people. It sounds a lot like Halloween. <laughs> 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 so I guess until we see you next Thursday. Remember, remember they, they always, always come, come back. back. Good job, Mandolin.